33 minutes past the hour, Texas Standard Time. I'm David Brown. Well, it's nearly a week later and the dust is still settling after the midterms. Many are calling Election Day 2018 an historic moment. But not so much TCU history professor Max Krugmall. He is the author of Blue Texas, the making of a multiracial democratic coalition in the civil rights era. Max, welcome back to the Texas Standard. Thanks. Thanks for having me. As I understand, uh, you contend this moment is not historic, not even by Texas standards? Well, it is and it isn't. Um, I think it's historic in the sense that that we may look back at this as a very large turning point. It was uh, certainly a, a very positive series of trends for the Democratic Party in Texas. Uh, but I think what that, what that headline of uh, an article I recently published suggests is that there is a, a deeper history uh, that is often overlooked. Uh, deeper history. You mean um, we we perhaps focus too much on the fact that Tarrant County uh, appeared to turn blue and a Democrat came within a stone's throw of winning the race for Senate. But we don't think so much about the changes that happened, what, 40, 50 years ago in this state? Right. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm a historian, so I, I was driving at that, that, you know, that the shift in Tarrant County, I think, is very significant. Uh, but, you know, 50, 60 years ago, uh, there was first, you know, the politics of Texas was different. It was a solid democratic state, but there was within that a liberal faction of the Democratic Party that was multiracial, multiethnic, and it was committed to civil rights, uh, to liberal politics, and and to labor rights. And um, and it came together in the 1960s and presented a formidable challenge to the state's more conservative. Uh, at the time, democratic establishment. We should uh, note here that liberal can be a very slippery word, especially if you don't have much of a, con- a historical context for what liberal means. But what you're suggesting is that during the days of the so-called solid South, to use your terminology there, uh, when you, if, if you were a Democrat, you uh, uh, tended to lean um, far more conservatively, certainly, than Democrats do today. In fact, we might even think of a Democrat back in the 60s. I'm talking about a mainstream Southern Democrat as uh, more of what we might uh, imagine a Republican in Texas to be today, right? Yeah, yeah, that last part's definitely accurate. You know, to be a Democrat in the South uh, in the mid-century, mid-20th century could mean anything, really. It was the only show in town. So one couldn't be elected dog catcher unless you were uh, a Democrat. So what we saw in Texas and, and other parts of the South was a split within the Democratic Party between uh, a faction of self-identified liberals who saw themselves as as loyal to Franklin Roosevelt and and the National Democratic Party who wanted to bring New Deal-style liberalism to the South. So that's one faction of the Democratic Party. But then the dominant faction uh, were a group of of sometimes called Dixiecrats, Uh groups uh, conservative, often segregationist, close ties to, to business elites. And so what happened in Texas in the 1950s and 60s is that various factions who wanted uh, a more liberal state, whether that was sort of white liberals who who had that New Deal liberalism, African American civil rights activists, Mexican American civil rights activists, or trade unionists, they all came together in a push for political power and also uh, in in terms of supporting each other's movements uh, on the ground. We've all heard about Jim Crow in the South. Texas had its own sort of Juan Crow. You've written. Yeah, correct. You know, Texas built a system of of Juan Crow that was very much rooted in um, state power, in, in laws, uh, in legal enforcement, um, and in public institutions. For example, schools were often segregated in South and West Texas. 
uh, very clearly between Anglo neighborhoods and, and Mexican neighborhoods. There were so-called Mexican schools. And, you know, just by virtue of having a Spanish surname, you couldn't be admitted into, into the Anglo white school. And if you, uh, you know, for many Mexican Americans, if they, if they stepped out of their prescribed place, they would face, uh, you know, arrest or, or mob violence or um, state-sanctioned violence. So it was very much a, a, a system in, the same, in a similar manner. So tie that to what happened on uh, Tuesday last. I mean, how, does, how do you see the echoes in the residents? So what we what we saw on think on Tuesday was that um, the the budding resistance over the last couple of years is is coming into its own. So, in the 1960s, the the liberal wing of the Democratic Party formed something they called the Democratic Coalition. It brought together these different groups of of social movement activists uh, who were working in the streets and also in the political arena at the at the ballot box. And so what we saw, I think, on Tuesday was that uh, a lot of organizing that's been taking place on the ground in the last two years. Uh, since Trump's election, the the indivisible chapters that have cropped up in every congressional district, the the immigrant rights movement that's been led by young people uh, fighting uh, SB4, the the Show Me Your Papers bill out of the state legislature, mm-hmm. um, the growing Black Lives Matter movement on the ground, all these different elements, LGBT struggles for rights against the bathroom bill, they all came together uh, and directed some of their energy into Beto's campaign and into the Democratic push, and I think that's that's what's historic about Tuesday. Max Krokmal is history professor at TCU and author of Blue Texas, The Making of a Multiracial Democratic Coalition in the Civil Rights Era. Max, thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me.